Are you ready to be stirred and receive an impartation of faith to move forward into all that God has purposed for your life? Welcome to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. I am your host, Elaine Haynes. I will be sharing what the Lord has given me through the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the Logos and Rhema words of God. Welcome to the Stirring of the Waters. I'm your host, Elaine Haynes, and today is podcast 23, Focus on God, Not on the World. In recent weeks, Holy Spirit has been emphasizing that we must stay focused on the Lord and continue to do what He's called us to do. He's been reminding me of dreams and visions that I received in the past where He gave me the key to overcome fear, doubt, and unbelief. And what is that key? Keeping my eyes on Him standing upon his word, listening to his voice, staying in alignment with his truth and what he's called me to do. I had a a great uh, prophetic teacher at one time who said, what's the one thing God's called you to do? When you're in the midst of distractions, when you're in the midst of confusion and chaos, what's the one thing he's told you to do? Right now, focus on that. So anyway, why is he bringing these up to my awareness again? I had to ask the question, the dreams and visions from the past. Because we're in dark times, perilous times, and more is coming. I'm not saying that to bring fear. In the past, I battled with fear and anxiety. His revealing truth to me in dreams and visions, which were always confirmed in his word, always brought peace and personal application a clear focus to keep in the forefront of my mind. He is with me. He will never leave me or forsake me. He is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. When I keep my eyes on him and on this specifically, particularly this one vision that I'm going to share with you later, he keeps bringing that back to my mind. It always brings peace. So I'm going to be sharing that vision with you in a, in a shortly. It's very relevant to what is happening now and what will be in the days ahead. And I pray that as I share that, it will stay in your heart and your mind and bring encouragement and focus and peace in the days to come. We are not to have our eyes on the world system and what it's doing with its plans that are counter to the word of God and the principles of his kingdom. We have to keep our focus and our eyes on what God is doing and what he's called us to do in the midst of the perverse generation or period of time. I'm not saying it's a specific generation that's perverse. This time that we're in, where there's a spirit of perversity, perverting the plans of God. That's the desire of the enemy, to kill, steal, and destroy what God desires to bring forth in the earth. We're hearing world leaders speak of recession, food shortages, global pandemics, etc., We are to hear, believe, and be led by the Word of God and the Spirit of the living God. The distractions of the world are intended to bring fear and doubt, compelling us to turn to the world for answers. Distractions are designed to detour, derail, and displace. We're told in Hebrews 12, 2 in the Amplified, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith giving the first incentive for our belief, and is also its finisher. Jesus is the leader and the source of our faith and the finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. Jesus, for the joy 
of obtaining the prize that was set before him endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And we are seated with him. We are to follow that example, looking away from all that will distract. Look to Jesus. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus said that 2,000 years ago. And it's still at hand, right here, right now, in our midst. Look to him in the midst of gross darkness. His glory is rising and his kingdom is advancing. We must keep our eyes on the king and his kingdom, casting down all vain imaginations that lead to unbelief. Unbelief will take you out. It's time to cast down all fear and doubt. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Our weapons are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, for casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every high thing in us, every thought that comes into your mind that is not in accordance with the knowledge of God, bring it down, cast it down. Pull down those strongholds. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And be ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Christ is in us. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He has all authority and power, and he is with us always. That's Matthew 28, 18 and 20. We live by his rule and his authority. We're not dependent on the world's ways as we do the Father's will, being led by the Spirit. We're in the world, but not of it, Jesus says in John 17, 16. We are citizens of a spiritual kingdom being made manifest here on the earth as we make Jesus known and do the works he did and continues to do through us. In the midst of the world's chaos and confusion, we are in a set time of favor to advance the kingdom of God. Psalm 102, 13 and 14 tells us, Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion. For the time to favor her, yea, the set time has come. For thy servants take pleasure in her stones and favor the dust thereof. Those who love the king and his kingdom, favor is ours. Kingdom resources and blessing are not contingent on the world system. As we stay in faith and obedience, we will see God's hand of favor bringing all that we have need of as we seek first and foremost his kingdom. Now I can give you, I could tell you for an hour all the examples that I have personally seen in my life. When I am about the Father's business, he brings what I need. Just as it tells us in Matthew 6 and 13, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that you have need of shall be added unto you. When I was first born again, and I was following hard after the Lord, there was I, I didn't have a whole lot of money, and I was a single mom with two children, two small children. And there was a time when we didn't have food, and there was a knock on my door, and in came a person there was a huge box of food. That's just one example. There's been multiple examples. Currently, I've seen we have a house church that we that we do here in our community. And we have seen, and I've seen it in the past, that when you're in the family of God, when you're in that connected place, the alignment of what he's called you to do, when a person speaks a need, the resources pour out. I've seen it over and over and over again for not just myself, but for others, that when a, a need is spoken in that, in that connection place, God 
brings the resources. And I'll encourage you, if you're in an isolated place and there is no opportunity, God has angelic sources that can bring, just like he brought to Elijah. The ravens fed him, and then he led him to the widow at Zarephath, who provided for his needs. Remember the, the coin that was needed for the taxes, and um, it was that he, Jesus said, you'll, you'll find it the first fish you catch, there's going to be a coin in his mouth to pay the taxes. I mean, God has ways that are beyond our understanding. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19. We may, you know, we, we try to figure it out on our own. How are we going to provide for ourselves? How are we going to provide for our needs? What are we going to do in this time of, you know, devastation and all these things coming? God's going to provide. Stay focused on him and his kingdom, what he's called you to do. And he will provide. I heard and declare to you, my spirit and my angelic help are moving quickly to open your eyes to the provision at hand. For I'm establishing connections for fulfillment of my determined purposes. Listen and follow closely, for I will open doors before you, even those that were previously closed. Watch and see as doors of influence open before you, for you are coming into the fullness of time and acceleration is upon you. Just a word on, as an aside right now, this acceleration that we're in, what I have seen is we have to be really careful what we're speaking, not from a spirit of religion, but making sure that we're speaking faith, that we're speaking what God has said, because our 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 voice, we what we are speaking, we will see the fulfillment of quickly. It used to be, back in the early days of when I was walking with the Lord, I was saved in 1981, that I would... I began to see over a period of time the things that I had spoken, things that I had believed, those belief systems in me, that they would be made manifest. But it took a long time, and now it's happening very quickly. Because God wants us to see. Look at your circumstances. See what's going on. And then ask yourself, what do I believe? What have I been speaking? So to continue with what I heard by the Lord, my kingdom is in your midst. Keep your eyes on me. I am outside of time. I bring resources into time for my kingdom to be established and your needs to be met as you go about my business. In the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Look to me and overcome negative mindsets and worldly narratives, the spirit of lack, doubt, and unbelief. In me, move and live and have your being with your eyes focused on me, ears alert to my voice. I will lead you in the way everlasting and bring forth through you the works that I ordained for you to walk in before the world began. Get ready for new connections, new paths, and new platforms. Let your eyes be open to what I'm doing. Don't be misled by the circumstances in which you find yourself. For even during trials and tribulations, I will bring forth all you need. Don't be as Hagar, her vision blocked by unbelief, not seeing my provision in front of her. I, I sent an angel to speak to her, and I lifted that veil. And even now, as you hear this word, word, eyes are being opened, angelic help has come to reveal what was heretofore hidden. So he mentioned Hagar to me in this. And in the account of Hagar, Genesis chapters 16 and 21, it reveals how unbelief blocked her seeing the provision that was there. Let me just give you a little backstory. God had given Sarah and Abraham, many of you know this, the promise of a son. Many years passed, they were well advanced in age, and they began reasoning in their natural mind. Sarah suggested to Abraham that maybe the child was supposed to come through Hagar, her servant. After Hagar conceived, Sarah dealt harshly with her, and Hagar ran into the wilderness. At that time, an angel of the Lord found her at a well, told her to return it, submit to Sarah. Then he told Sarah, 
he would multiply her seed without number and multitude, that her son would be named Ishmael, which means God hears. Hagar received revelation, called the well in that place Be'er Lehoe Roi, which means him that liveth and seeth me. Fifteen years later, so she went back, fifteen years later, Abraham and Sarah sent Hagar and Ishmael out into the wilderness. What happened? They were sent out with bread and water into the wilderness of Beersheba, and when the water was gone, she put Ishmael under a shrub and sat away weeping, not wanting to see him die. And then scripture tells us, And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. That's Genesis 21, 17 through 19. The backstory was Genesis 16. And that's that's where she received the prophetic word that her <clears throat> that out of her seed of Ishmael would come a great nation that could not be numbered in multitude. So back to the story. So there was, she saw, her eyes were open and she saw a well of water. That well didn't just appear out of nowhere. It was already there. Hagar had forgotten the word God had given her about multitudes coming forth through Ishmael. She had forgotten the earlier testimony of the well. Him that, that liveth and seeth me. She was blinded by unbelief. Why? Because of her circumstances. She could only see despair, hopelessness, and soon to come death. Although the well was there all along. The angel said, God heard the voice of the lad, of Ishmael, and then spoke again of the promise. I believe Hagar had told her son of that promise spoken over him, and that he cried out to God in faith. Then the angel spoke again of the promise that from Israel would come a great nation. After this, God opened Hagar's eyes to see the well. Way too many times when we're in a difficult circumstance, we forget that God's promises that are yea and amen, that he's not a respecter of persons. We forget those things, those testimonies of our own from the past that we need to confess to ourselves over and over and over again to remind ourselves. I have to remind myself. You know, when I got born again, I was in complete and utter darkness, and God poured out such favor and blessing upon me. And now, so now when I, and just testimony after testimony during my time of walking with him, miracle after miracle, signs and wonders, great favor that I didn't deserve. And now when I'm walking with him, having served him, that was that was over 40 years ago. And now when I'm walking with him and I have these doubts and fears come up, it's like, wait a minute, I'm serving God with all my heart now. He, he poured out on me when I didn't deserve anything. You think he's going to let me down now? No, no, he's a good God. He's faithful. He's faithful to keep his word. He's a good father. He provides for our needs and always brings a way of escape for every temptation. Unbelief blinds us from spiritual reality. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, But also if our gospel is hidden, it is hidden to those being lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving ones, so that the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should not dawn on them. So here we see the God of this world, Satan, blinds the mind of those who don't believe. When we lose sight of the truth, when we get our eyes on the world, our circumstances, ourselves, 
were veiled from seeing the kingdom. The glory of God, his light, his truth, the reality of his resources, the truth of his promises. We must keep our eyes on the Lord and what he's doing. Paul exhorts us to not look at what is seen, but into the eternal realms, that what we endure for the kingdom is working for our glory. In 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We will have tribulation in the world, but Jesus has overcome the world and he is in us. John 16, 33, he has overcome the world. He is in us and as we believe and move forward at his leading and in his authority, his power will be wielded through us in every trial as we keep our eyes on him. Now, I want to share with you the vision that I received six years ago that I believe is very relevant for today. I was in a large company of people on a journey. I could see many ahead of me, and there were many more behind, men, women, and children. It was me, and it was my family with me. We were moving toward a distant vista that was glowing in amber, as if through a lens of clear honey. The golden light illuminated everything, from the vegetation near the path that we were on to the varied shades of green in the hills beyond. The colors were vibrant and intense, much more than I've seen in the natural. Everything had a cast of golden light upon it, and the light towards which we were walking was magnetic in its beauty. It was rich. It was radiant. We were walking on a ridge line of an elevation. To our left was a deep valley, and on the right, a steep ravine and towering cliffs on the other side of the ravine. We were focused and intent. We were not hurriedly rushing, but we were walking with purpose towards the destination. We were all enjoying the journey. We were focused and intent, but we were at peace and at rest, enjoying as we walked forward toward the destination. Then I heard a sound. It was a rumbling. It was vibrating, and it's rumbling. It began to build in intensity, and I became aware as I, that what I was hearing was the thundering of a multitude of horses running. I looked to the left into the valley. As far as my eyes could see were armies upon armies advancing toward us, dark horses carrying riders in dark robes with faces covered by dark hoods. The riders carried long spears with razor-sharp tips upheld. The horses' hooves were creating great clouds of dust over the valley. Looking ahead, I saw there was no darkness where we were headed. In fact, the light seemed intensified. I began to feel fear when I looked at the armies advancing toward us. Some of the others in our company were starting to run and scream. As they ran, they fell, and others tripped over them, also falling to the ground, causing much wounding and delays. In the vision, what I heard was, do not fear. Stay in the light. If you stay in the light and continue moving with me, I will take you to your destination. In my light, the enemy cannot touch you. Darkness cannot enter the light. Light dispels darkness. Stay in the light. And then the armies drew closer and began to race up the mountain toward us. When they began to get nearer, it was if a, as if a magnetic force repelled them and they fell backwards, plunging to the ground and destroying each other in frustration. John 12, 35 tells us, Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, 
lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. We are in and we are entering perilous times. Be forewarned, but not afraid. For the Lord our God is mighty and he is with you. Let faith arise. Your spiritual eyes will be open to see the provision at hand to take the land. There are more for us than against us. The host of heaven is ready to move at God's word spoken through his yielded vessels. Stay in the light and keep your eyes on the Lord and on his kingdom. Continue to be about his business and he will provide for every need. Stay focused on him. So, Father, I just pray right now, Lord God, that as as eyes are being focused upon you and upon those words that you have spoken in their ears in times past, Lord God, that you would bring that to remembrance. Holy Spirit, stir up the faith, Lord God. Stir up their their inner vision of, of kingdom realities, Lord God, and keep them at the forefront of their minds in these days ahead, Lord God, that they would be people of the kingdom, people of great faith, and accomplishing the work that you have called them to do. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next week. Be blessed and stay in faith. Thank you for listening to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit elainehaines.com. That's A-L-A-N-E-H-A-Y-N-E-S.com for books, blogs, and spiritual growth. You can follow me on Facebook and subscribe at cpnshows.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. See you next week for the next episode.